You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. If you'll notice... Here in Psalms 32 and 9, the the psalmist is very clear in that he does not want the people that he wrote to at the time to be like a mule. Does not want them to be like a mule. Or specifically, does not want them to be mule-headed. Or I should say figuratively, does not want them to be mule-headed. When you're like a mule, a mule-headed, you're in an unproductive place. You're in a place that is not beneficial. In a place where you can hinder, alter, or stop the blessings of God from flowing in and out of your life. One of the things that God spoke to me when the church first started in reference to the vision is to make sure that people receive his word in order to be productive in every aspect of life. You want to be a success whether you're in the church or outside the church. You want to know how to act whether you're in the church or outside the church. Want to make sure you carry yourself the right way whether everything is wonderful or everything that can go wrong is taking place. You want to be productive in every aspect. And and because Jesus referred to his children as a light, you want to make sure that wherever you step, people are able to see traits of the Lord. Not perfect, but you're striving to do what is written and reveal. You can't be such being mule-headed. Can't be such acting like a mule. Again, because to be a mule-headed person is to be a person that is unproductive. And there are a number of reasons why uh, a person that is mulish is unproductive. Number one, the person is stubborn, uncooperative. You try to tell the person right from wrong and The person has ears to hear, but will not cooperate because of stubbornness. I need to show you a couple of things uh, in Scripture in reference to to stubbornness. Y'all all right? That's wonderful. That is so wonderful. Let's go to the book of 1 Samuel. 
1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. And consider 1 Samuel 15 and 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Idolatry is, is when you're a worshiper of someone other than the true God. Or you could be tritheistic or polytheistic where you worship three or more gods. And one of the gods could be yourself. Whenever you put God's word, well put yourself before God's word, you are actually worshiping your, yourself. You let self tell you what to do. And in our day and time, uh, there are many people that look within themselves when it, when it comes to what they should and shouldn't do, which is completely in contrast to the word of God. Jesus said to his disciples, if any of y'all coming after me, the first thing I need you to do is to deny yourself. And then I need you to take up the cross and follow me. Letting them know, if you're going to come after me, some suffering is going to be involved. And, and the suffering comes when you deny yourself. Because self likes to do things that are in contrast to God's will. And some of us have the tendency to always appease the flesh. We want to make the flesh feel good. And all of us are guilty. I mean, my, my flesh is say, look, why don't you just get you uh, a good old such and such once you leave church today. After I had, had made a commitment not to eat certain things, the flesh say, look, why don't you just stop and get such and such? Why would the flesh do such, Walker? Because the flesh is always in opposition to the spirit. The things you should do, the flesh comes and tells you not to do. The flesh is stubborn. The flesh is mulish or mule-headed. You hear me? And will cause you to be likewise. We don't want to be a worshiper of three, four gods. We want to worship the one and the true God. We want to strive to do what he tells us to do even, even though we come short. We'll never be perfect or flawless, but we have to have the mindset that I'm going to strive to do what's, what's right. What makes God happy? Because the one person you should want to please more so than anybody is the Lord. Why is that? Who has done you like him? Who has helped you like Jesus? Well, he make me mad sometimes. True, true, true. He does. But even when... God tells you something that may upset you is still for your own good. Nobody looks out for you like he does. Even though if we had the opportunity, we would change some things that he tells us what to do. He's still very good to us. If you agree, give your God a big hand of praise and say that there's just nobody like him. Nobody like him. Now, contextually, 
or according to Psalm 32 and 9, the psalm is revealed that, that the mule has no understanding. No understanding. I said no understanding. N-O-N-E. Not. We are humans. We do have understanding. We have the capacity to even receive more understanding. God himself purposely gave the church a gift in the form of a pastor in order for his children to have understanding. Uh -huh. Jeremiah 3 and 15 says, I'll give you shepherds according to my heart. And, and notice how he stated this, that will feed you, give you something to eat with knowledge and understanding. Why, why does he refer to understanding as, as food? Because food is something we live by. I said food is something we live by. Jesus broke it down further. He said to the devil in Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by bread or literal food alone, but every word of God, every word of God, written and revealed. So what we get Sunday in and Sunday out was designed for you to Eat like food and live by it. Think according to what you have received. Talk according to what you have received. And do according to what you have received. But a mule, again, has no understanding. I want to deal with... with uh, understanding a little bit so we can understand how we can be mulish when it comes to understanding. Y'all okay? Let's go to Job 28. Job 28. Job is next door to Psalm. Well, before you get to Psalm. Job 28 and 28. Thank God for them babies, amen, and me today, because it's going to be a little tough in here today. Job 28 and 28. And to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And we understand that knowledge plus understanding equates wisdom. Again, and to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord... It, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Notice the implication. It's a choice to depart from it. Evil going to present itself. You are not a mule, so don't be mulish. When evil presents itself, don't act like you don't have no understanding. Don't act like God has not equipped you with Morals. He made you a free moral agent. Just, just leave it. They talking stuff they ain't got no business talking at the house. Somebody purposely trying to make you respond to what they're saying. Walk off. You don't have to walk off saying, I'm going to be the bigger person. No, I'll just walk off. You ain't got to be saying all that. Just, just walk off. And see, you, you have to understand that. You, you have to do this whether, whether we're talking about uh, your spouse, your friend, 
or somebody else. Only person you don't walk away from who talking stuff like that, parent, is your children. You set your children in their place. But there are some folks that you know that, that are just trying to start some foolishness. Don't stand now listening to something that, that, that's not productive. It ain't going to help you to be fussing back and forth with that person. It's going to cause you to sin or get a headache. Stress yourself out, have a heart attack, and end up dead. I know a man, he, well, I knew a man because he did right now. He would get in, in arguments uh, with his spouse, and he got in an argument one day with, with uh, her to the point to where he just started coughing. He got so mad and so forth and ended up having a heart attack. It was amazing that she called 911. She called 911. I guess she didn't want that, that to be held over. That, that You know, he died when they was arguing. But then, a few months after that, they were into it. He had a stroke. Stroke. He would love to get some overtime. You know why? Didn't want to go to the house. Worked 70 hours a week sometimes. Just, just didn't want to go to the house. Man, you ain't. Man, I, man, I'd roll work and go home. And eventually he, he died because of complications that came from the heart attack and the stroke. But what brought it on was just, just fussing. Now, wouldn't walk away, just, just had to have the last word. Oh, don't act like y'all don't know that. Your, your lip be jumping because you can't wait to say something. <laughs> and then sometimes you can't wait for the person to get through. You just go, got to go ahead and try to be louder than the person. And that blood just be pumping. It just be pumping. And them veins just be sticking out. At that moment, you're being mulish. You don't need to be like that. Woo! Look at somebody and say, we love the past. Look at Job 28 and 28 before we go further. Look at it again. And to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to, to depart from evil is what? You just got to walk away sometime. You know, talk to yourself as you're walking away. If you're that mad, talk to yourself, but just walk away. Don't be mule-headed. Let's go to Proverbs 18. That song was timely, just wait on the Lord. Yeah, that was timely. Don't be mule-headed, just, just wait. Notice Proverbs 18 and 2. A fool has no delight in understanding. Well, what do we want? But in expressing his own heart of feelings. Now just based upon this text, I, I, ain't even, I ain't even elaborating on it. Is this talking about you sometime? You ain't, you ain't even thinking about what, you, what the word doesn't say to you. 
You just ready to say what you. <laughs> you just ready to say it. You mad, so you just ready to say it. I'll repent later. I got to. <laughs> I'm going to ask for forgiveness, but I just got to say what I got to say. When you're that mule-headed, based upon the text, you can also act, add to that your fool. A fool has no delight in understanding. But in expressing his own heart. Saying what's in your heart. Man, I done been there. Thank God I can teach it now, but I, I done been there. Oh, Lord, I was going to have the final say. Oh, yeah, I was going to put in not just my two cents. Y'all remember that? Put in your two cents. Oh, no, I had more than two cents to say. I had a pocket full of change. I was, I was, I was going to express. I was just going to pray. Good God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, I'm telling you, I, I would just say stuff. I mean, just get, get so mad, talk to folks on the TV. You know, you no, can't even hear you. Just talking to the TV. How could you be that? Just talking. Expressing was in you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what Jesus said, it speaks. Now back in Psalm 32 and 9, when it comes to the mule, the mule has to be Harnessed with bit and bridle in order for him to come near you. I got to take y'all back to Hewlett. No, seriously, because we, we were coming up, we had, we had two mules. Had one named Toad. And the other one's name was Great. Tobin Great. Now, now eventually, if you, put that, if you put that bit and bridle on them, you harness them down, you can tell, go mule, go, go. Hold mule, hold, hold. But you had to have the harness. You, you had to have it in your hand. But you tell, go mule. And, and, and the mule would understand that it, it could... It could go, but it, but it knew just certain voices. My daddy would say, go, mule, and I'd get behind and say, go, go, go. Mule wouldn't do nothing. <laughs> but if he said, go, mule, mule would go, hold, mule, hold, 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 mule. Sometimes the mule would hesitate. Mule would get to going, plowing the field, and then he's, hold, mule, hold. Mule would go about three or four steps more, but then he'll eventually stop. But the only way that would work, the mule had to be harnessed. Had to have that bit in his mouth, slobbing everywhere. And, and then some would, would, would even have to, you, depending on how long you're going to be in the field, you, you have to put a little bag on it and put some sweet feed. So while they working, they eating. Eating while they work. God did not intend for his children in order for them to act right to be harnessed. See what, it, see, what that harnessing does, it, it restrains and controls the mule. We are created in God's image. 
God did not create us so we would, we would have to be harnessed down. And it's sad because, because uh, there are some folks that society think that that's the only way they're going to be able to restrain or uh, uh, to control that. We got, we, got, we got to put some shackles on the feet and shackles on their hands. And then they be... First time my brother got arrested, I said, man, I say, just the way they got you locked down, that should, that should make you not want to go back to jail no more. We see, we, we go to prison, well, we go to the uh, courthouse to see him. And he just be trying to look through documents before he got in the courtroom, just looking, looking through stuff. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't let him go until they got him. To the place where it was time to just sit down back then. And then when, then when he got ready to leave, harnessing him up again. I just like, God, God of my, that, that. The picture that we see here in the text is that you need to restrain or control yourself on your own and not be mulish. Let me show you something. Let me show you a better let me show you a better way. We'll go to Psalm 119. Let's go to Psalm 119. It's gonna better explain what I'm what I'm trying to say. Y'all got to go to the scriptures with me because I don't want you to go home and say, well, I don't know if he would go into the scripture or not. I don't know if that was. You need to know this. This is very important. Notice what God wants his children or humans to do instead of being mule headed. Psalm 119, 101. Ready? I hear some of y'all turning. When you get there, I say, I'm not preaching. Okay, ready? I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your, your word. You, sh you have been given the capacity to restrain or control yourself. You can't be saying I couldn't help it. Yeah, you can. You can help it. And we got proof right here. I'm controlling my feet. I'm not going where I, I don't have no business going. I'm keeping my attitude in check around so-and-so. Because every time I get around him or her, we get into it. You can't control or restrain yourself unless you like being mule-headed. Visitors, I hope y'all come back. <laughs> The word right. And the word is not just something that we get to make us happy. It's something we get to help us get better. And this is what this is doing. Ask your neighbor, do you like being mule-headed? I mean, is, is anybody here just like being mule headed? You, you, you know why you can't take the, the bridle and the bit off the mule? Because the, the mule, one minute, might be just eating, and, and you go to 
pet him or, or put your hand on him, that mule will turn around and snap at you. Yeah, he will. That mule will turn around and snap at you trying to get your hand. That's when you have to keep that mule harnessed. You have to do it if you don't want to get bit. And, and you have to make sure you stay a certain distance from the mule because the mule will kick you. If you irritate that mule the wrong way, that mule going to cut up. And going to start snapping. Going to start snapping. You don't need to be mulish or mulehead. You need to just let it go. Some, some fights are not even worth getting involved in. Especially if it's, if it's you being a mulehead. And there's nothing worse than seeing two mule heads go at it. I said there's nothing worse than seeing two mule heads go at it. To the point that where you can really see that mule that, that mulish come out. Well, you make me sick and why I'm on it. I don't like what you got on. And here go the other mule head. I don't like what you got on it. Where you been shopping at? And by the way, what your mama said last week, you can tell her for me. <laughs> and, and you just got snapping going on, one, one from another, You're just snapping, just constantly snapping. That's me who had it. You got to bridle folk or the mule down in order for the mule to come near you. Keep the mule from, from biting you. Some people, the only way they're going to act right is for somebody else to be around. The only way you're going to be nice to your spouse, the only way you're going to be nice to your sister, nice to your brother, nice to your friends, if it's somebody else is around. Yeah, me and, uh, me and this woman, you know. <laughs> we would get the fuss. Oh, man. We, we would get to fussing to the point to where we had these, we had these two little rooms at the end of the hall. Her little girl wasn't, wasn't born at the time. You know the person I'm talking about. I ain't calling not, not no names, but I'm just saying the person, you know. <laughs> The person, you know, her little girl, what we, but, you know, we get fussed and then just, i never forget. She would go to the room on the right, I would go to the room on the left. In the house for days, ain't speaking to nobody. Somebody come to the door. Wait a few minutes to see if they're going to go away, but then... <laughs> They don't go away, so, so we got to go and answer the door. And so while they there, guess what? We talking. Being nice. Being real nice. Two mule heads. Just, just. A mule head know how to be nice when, when, when other folk are around. And, and a mule head a lot, too. Person, y'all doing all right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. We was in the church. Oh, we was in the church claiming the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, yeah, we doing fine. How you doing today? I'm doing good, too. I just want to stop by and see how y'all were doing and just everything. Hadn't heard from you and so forth. You know, just carry on a conversation. Time that person leave. She go to the right. I go to the left. Dinner time. Hey, ain't no need in you cooking me nothing. I don't want you pausing me. <laughs> and just be, and be, and be serious, but mute-headed. And that, and that will go on for days. Remember what I taught last Sunday, don't let the sun go down on your rap. Oh, man, it, it went down four, five times. <laughs> And, and God never, God never stepped in and, and, and just said, Walker, I'm just going to have to harness you down. He never stepped in and, and made me do anything. I had to put into action 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like one, talked like one, did like one. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And it had to start with me. Oh, you can't call yourself a man, the head. Get this, man is the head of woman. Not just the head of your family if you married. Biblically, you are the head of woman. If you're a real man, it needs to start with you. If you're still a little childish boy, it ain't going to start with you. You man? Well, let's see you step up to the plate and be man. I know y'all think that some people just uh, with this back in the day now just just quiet and just <laughs> don't say much she is so sweet <laughs> when folks say stuff to you and you that, that used to trigger stuff like uh, you don't know what a dirty clothes hamper is? I mean, you, you don't, that's the reason these socks in here on the floor, something wrong with your hand, you can't pick it up. A nasty man. Before, before I decided to do 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, oh, we talking about mule heads going at it big time. Oh, mule head was finna get started around now. But 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 was in me. You know what Psalm 119 and 11 says? David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin. Against you. Talked about them socks, and I, and I didn't have no been to put them socks on the floor. But trying to get something started, I went in now. You be the socks. Picked up the socks, didn't say a word, picked up the socks. Dirty clothes happen. Put the socks in there. But it was still somebody being mute here. Oh, you ain't got nothing to say? 
You can't let mule heads <laughs> pull you in when you done made up in your mind. You ain't, you ain't going to go there with them. I did not allow mule head to pull me in. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? You got to be the man if you the man. You can't just say you the man. You got to be the man. God, man, woman, children. Why is it like that? He kept divine order. That's how it started. It started with God. Then he created man. Then he took from man a rib and created the most beautiful thing you would ever put your eyes on. Ooh, it ain't nothing as beautiful as a woman. I'm trying to get them back on my side before I go a little further. But I do mean that, though. I do mean that. How many men would agree? Most beautiful thing ever been created. But I knew I had to do something as a man. Stop arguing about it. And even, even when certain things would happen, I got to the point to where I knew how to just cut that thing off. You can't be mulish. Well, the only time you're going to be right is when somebody else is around. Just like that, just like the mule. Got to be harnessed in order to come near a person. Yeah. A mule will chase you. Yeah, it will. Mule, if you ain't got that mule burning around, that, that mule will chase you. You come out there, that mule will just chase you because he, he feel threatened or something. I don't know what it is about Certain things that a mule does, but, but yeah, I have found myself running in the pasture from a mule. I ain't, back in the day, I ain't going to tell you no lie. You can't allow yourself to be such a way. I got to close it. Notice in Psalm 32 and 8, when you decide that you're not, you're not going to be like the mule, This is the promise that he gives us in Psalm 32 and 8. There's, there's three things that he talks about doing. Two in verse 8. And the last one he talks about in the first clause of verse 9. Y'all there? He says in verse 8, I will instruct you. I'll instruct you. I'll prepare you. I'll equip you with what you need to have. This is what bothers me sometimes. I know nobody in here is perfect. But when you get a word, when you get a word that's your rhema, and the same day you start doing dumb stuff, right after you done got your rhema, as your pastor, that bothers me. I'm going to teach about something. And before two hours go by, you're already going against what you done been instructed not to do or to do. But he'll prepare you and, and, equ and equip you. And again, one way he's going to do it is, is, is with your pastor. But it's always going to be according to the word. Some folks like to hear just sweet messages. I can't do that not as a real pastor. I got, I got to teach stuff that's going to cause you change for the better. And I have learned after 30-something years that, that folk going to go home mad at me. I, yeah, you're going to go home mad at me. Even though you know what I was saying was from the back, you're still going to go home mad. But that's okay. Be mad that day, but come back loving me uh, by Sunday. 
Yeah, sometimes that's how, that's how it is because you have to think about well, what he was saying, though. It was, it was right. So ain't no need in me getting upset and you just, you know. But then he said, and I will teach you. I'll teach you. But notice, in the way you should go. In the word, he's going he to teach you to the point to where he's going to say, look, you need to go left. You need to go right. I mean, he's going to tell you in a plain way what you need to do. That's what he's going to do. And that's what he does for us. Week in and week out. You, you don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. It, it's not unclear. You're going to know exactly what to do. Give, it'll be given. How, how, clear, can, how, how clear can you be? Ask. And it shall be given. Not given on your timetable, but it's going to be given in time. I mean, just very clear what he tells us to do. But notice again, he's going to teach you. going to show you the way. going to show you exactly what you need to do. But then he, he puts emphasis on it when it comes to the third thing. He says, I will guide you. Wealth. My eye. I'm going to guide you with my eye. I'm going to show you the right way and tell you how to think, talk, and act. That's what it means contextually in reference to God. To show you the right way and while you're on that path, I'm also going to make sure you're thinking, talking, and acting the way you should. And then he says, the way I'm going to do it is with my eye. My eye. I from a theological standpoint, represents God's omniscience. God is all what? That means he's going to guide you by telling you what he knows you need to do. So what does God know? Everything. There's not going to be any mistake because he's going to guide you with his eye. Even if it seems like it's wrong, it ain't wrong. Because he's guiding you with his eye. And he's all knowing. He knows everything. But now his ways are not as the ways of man, nor his thoughts, the thoughts of man. So he may tell you something that may seem in contrast to what somebody else said. Don't worry about that. That person that told you one, two, three is not omniscient. Who is the only one that knows everything? God. Isn't it a blessing to have somebody that knows everything to tell you what to do? Don't ever think your doctor has a final say. God created everything. And therefore, he has the final. Taking it further, he is the alpha, omega, beginning and ending. What does that say about him? He is in control of every. That's the reason we call him the, the sovereign. Y'all still okay? You show? Good God. I got to show you one more thing and I'm closing. I'm closing with this. If you're in Psalm 32, turn to the next page, Psalm 33. We're going we to consider a reference to God's eye. And in scripture, again, you have God's eyes. But when it's singular, it represents his omniscience. He's all knowing. Look what he says here in Psalm 33, starting at verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord... Is on those who, who fear him. To fear is to obey. To worship. To reverence. That's whose eye 
the Lord is on, or his omniscience is upon those who fear him. On those who hope in his what? Mercy. Mercy with us. True? Mercy is following us. True? David said in Psalm 23 and 8, Surely goodness and shall what? How long? Long as you're walking in God's will, his mercy is going to be right there. Notice this. His eye is upon us, those who fear him, those who hope in his mercy. Verse 19, to deliver their soul from what? Figuratively, death represents ruin. And to keep them alive in what? He's going to make sure you never have lack. His eye is upon you to make sure you never be ruined. And you never lack of being famous. Let's read the Bible says, no good thing will he withhold from those who love him, who do according to his will. The conclusion of everything is don't be mule-headed. And I'm done. Let's get the Lord a hand of praise. Don't be mule-headed. Don't be mule-headed. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the word. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for prosperity. Thank you that your word saves us. It delivers us. Helping. Lord, today's word is something that all of us need to adhere to. Lord, I was clear in sharing part of my life that I'm not proud about when I was very mule-headed. But I know, Lord, that, that there are others that probably have the same testimony. And some that, even as I'm speaking, know that.